Welcome to the third episode of our Mission Somerset podcast. And this episode is called The Holy Spirit Told Us to Do It, So We Did It. And it's going to be all about having faith and obeying what God asks you to do, whether they seem big things or whether they seem small things. And part of the reason why we're doing this is uh, we were talking to one of the ladies in our network who got baptised recently and she was asking us, how do you understand and know what it is that God is asking you to do? So we're going to focus today on that area because it seems a big area that's lacking in the new disciples that we're working with. But to be also quite frank, in a lot of people that profess to be Christians and have done for a long time. So um, we pray that this this podcast will inspire faith in you and that it will help you to hear what Jesus is asking you to do and to put it into practice. Uh, it says in Hebrews 11.1 1, that faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. So we hope that today's podcast will help to bring more reality in your life of the things that we hope for. So we're in Jan's kitchen mm. today. Thank you for having us, Jan. That's all right, yeah. And um, we're going to dive right in. So who, who wants to kick us off with a story about the Holy Spirit told you to do it, so you just did it? Uh, well, um, we, we're probably um, on, the, well, on the theme of mission. Did you want to go on about the uh, trip this summer that me and Damien did? Yeah, that would be a good start. Um, yeah, so um, I, uh, friend Damien had a calling to go to do this mission uh, to a this far-flung foreign place that we're not mentioning uh, details of for certain reasons. Um, but it was a big calling and uh, he, he'd been talking about it for oh, when I first met him about a year ago, over a year ago, and I thought, um, I, th- I mean, he asked me if I wanted to go, and, it, and it's, a, it's a dangerous place to go to, um, and... Uh, I said, of course, you know, I'm, I'm crazy for Jesus. I love Jesus. I, you know, I'll give my yes to him, whatever. And, and then as the sort of months or weeks rolled out, months rolled out, I, I felt that it wasn't, I, I wasn't getting the, the calling. It wasn't um, God's hand on it. It wasn't happening at a deeper level. I was assuming certain things or reading into stuff, um, and it, but it wasn't the real deal. And so that sort of dropped away. And then Damon was about five days before he um, was setting off uh, to do this mission, um, which which actually entailed 6,000 miles of driving. Um, um, he, he, I had the call and the call came in the form of, um, it was a Wednesday night and I had these uh, pictures of me going along with him. And there were two very strong images of me going so, on this... Sorry to interrupt. Pictures in your mind or how were those... Yeah, it was yeah. Pi- very strong pictures in my mind of me going on this trip with Damien in his car and and the adventure. And it was just that sort of uh, childlike boyhood adventure thing of like, yeah, we're going to do this. This is going to be good fun. And, uh, and, and there were two really strong images of me just do, going through the motions and travelling and in the car and things that we'd encounter and then I thought I thought what what I, I can't you know 
what's happening? I'm, you know, maybe some I, that pizza cheese was a bit too strong or something. Um, and uh, you know, in the morning I'll be normal. And so I sort of sort of held it down or just dismissed it. These feelings. Um, it's me a picture going to with Damien, and I. Um, but in the morning I was I was reading the Bible. I was reading about um, uh, Jonathan and his armor bearer. Uh, I think it's in Samuel. Jonathan's um, Saul's son, Jonathan, and they, he says to his arm bearer, "We're going to take on the, these Philistines, this this um, this garrison up on the hill. And if they, if the the, the man at the, the watchtower says, um, come up, then means that God's given it to us. And if he comes down, it means we've got to walk away from the situation. And it was the case that he was they were invited up. So it was just two of them, the armor bearer, and uh, Nathan and they um, take on this garrison and basically mow them down and there was an earthquake involved uh, and it, this this blew my mind that they had that faith and, and, it, and Nathan says if God's with us then it doesn't matter if it's um, two of us or the, the a whole army uh, behind us God's given it to us and it was like the, the doors of faith were just kicked open in my brain. And, and it linked up to these pictures I was having the night before about going with Damien on this mission trip. And I, I, it was like I sent him a text saying, I've had the call, this is it. And it is, and it's like a wall-to-wall -wall experience. Um, it, it's like a room and all the, all the, the floor, the ceiling, the, all sides of the room are just saying one thing. You, it's a clear picture. You're going, and uh, and you know in your inner knower that God has spoken to you, and it's it's you can't walk away from it. You've got to do this, um, and it's like a huge, overwhelming compulsion. So right in that moment, yeah, and you felt very clearly God communicating to you to mm. to go with Damon on this trip. Were you still concerned and have lots of questions? Or did the, the sense of call from God outweigh those things? Or what was it like? Um, yeah, I was, I was full of, like, um, it was like, you know, scare, it's sort of scary, you know, trepidation, you're nervous, but, like, um, I'm with my mate Damien, we're going to do this, he's doing it, so we're going to do this. And so there's sort of that sense of, um, uh, encouragement and support that you know we're not on their own. And if he's crazy enough to do it, I'm crazy enough to do it. And if God's spoken, then uh, and this this is the green light. We're going to be okay. We're going to do it. We're going to get it back. We're going to we're going to survive this. You know, um, God's not going to send us out on the first overseas mission trip, and we're we're going to die. But obviously, you could have. But yeah, that was that was the predominant feeling of, uh, when we hit the road was that we weren't going to come back and we were going to like experience um, death, mayhem, chaos, um, you know, uh, being kidnapped, being uh, killed or maimed or, you know, it was like the, it was a real fear that of our lives. But we knew we had to do it regardless and everything about Jesus and about the cross, the walk to the cross, carrying the cross, what Paul was doing and all, you know, the, the Holy Spirit told him 
uh, and people came and spoke to him through the Holy Spirit saying, you know, uh, I'll bind you, your feet and your, your hands with this belt. It means this is what's going to happen to you if you go to Jerusalem or, uh, and, you know, he had ultimate, uh, loads of warnings and he just kept on going. The Holy Spirit promised him there would be just persecution and, and prison and torture. Uh, and he still kept going because this life meant nothing and Christ was gain. And um, we were ju- we're just full of that. We're just we we know that's the ultimate. That where life is is temporal, and it, we we have an eternity to reach up for and, and you know uh, run that race and reach out for for to you know, snatch people from the flames. Um, so um, yeah, it was uh, it was it was terrifying really. Um, but but that initial thought was like yes, it was that sense of boyhood adventure. Let's do this. Let's do this crazy thing, and um, but as the the days rolled out, it was like, wow, this is heavy. This is so heavy. So yeah. Okay. Thanks, Jan. Um, Damien, how about you? How how did you get to the place where you felt God was leading you to actually go to a country that you know is very hostile to the gospel? <clears throat> well, the story with me is a little bit different. Because before God has told me where to go, what to do, he was dealing with deeper issues within me. And the issues he was dealing with me was, I knew the Bible, I knew what Christianity is, and I I was faithful going to church every Sunday. Still am. But it wasn't real. It was nothing like an active belief. Rather, it's enough if I go Sundays at church. It's enough if I count how many sins versus how many sins I didn't do. Or oh, this week I only done one sin. Oh, so good. You know, things like that. And uh, I was always like, not even thinking what can I do for Jesus or Jesus is calling on my life or anything. All I wanted is to live a quiet, peaceful life and live in a comfortable home with my children, my wife. And maybe one day own my home. That's those were my plans, and I was going to die having grandchildren, being a grandparent and all of that. Until one day when I was reading the book, the letter of John, First John chapter 3, verse 9. Nobody who sins is a son of God, but is a son of the devil. So when I read that sentence, that whoever sins is a son of the devil... And whoever doesn't sin is a son of Jesus, is a son of God. Those two things motivated me to look a lot closer into my life and to basically see what was wrong. Because even from the Christianity point of view, you look at me and say, well, I think you're a Christian. But I knew I wasn't. I was very wretched. And um, that night... When I read that passage, I read it in Tesco's Isles in Langport. And um, so you were working at the time. I was working. Yeah. It was about midnight. You weren't working. You said you were reading the Bible. <laughs> you weren't working. You were praying and reading the Bible. Well, I wasn't during the Isle times. It's funny enough, though, that that's how I used to pray. That was my moment when me and God were just conversing about things, and you know. But I've never seen myself as a, you know, someone who would go out of his comfort to work for Jesus. Never. And that night, 
I said to my colleagues, I'm changing. I'm going to give up all these things, guys, that you are seeing in me that are wrong. And yes, they're not Christian-y like. And uh, basically that night God said to me, I'm going to send you somewhere. And I was thinking, well, I don't know where you're going to send me. And then he told me where he was going to send me. And the moment he mentioned the place, I was absolutely terrified. I really said to God, I said, Lord, if I go there, you know, I'll die. And God said, but who is like the creator of life? Who can hold you, you know? You should trust me. And he said, would you do me the honor to go? And I said, well, yeah, Lord, I would. The story is a lot longer. Mm. And uh, the reality is I do hear God in a bit of a different way than probably most people do. Like, um, I personally, I know this sounds crazy, but I personally believe I hear God in a very, very unique way. I think the way I would describe it is the way that Paul describes that he heard God. The way Peter uh, numerous times described he heard God. The way David and Daniel describes they heard and seen God. Uh, the way Isaiah says he heard and seen God. Those are the kind of ways that I see and hear God. And probably to majority of people that sounds really crazy, but I don't really care, I suppose, anymore. Um, so here I am in my caravan then that night. Not that night, later on another night. And thinking, Lord, do you really want me to go? And then he called me back out. And when he called me out of my caravan, I remember I was weeping and crying. And I said, Lord, so you want me to go there? And he said, yes, I want you to go to that place. And I said, Lord, but when is it that I'm supposed to go? And that time he said to me, in six years times, you're going to be living amongst these people. And you're going to help them to basically believe in me and love me and I will reveal myself to them so a year and a half has gone by and I was thinking every day when I was in church the songs that we sing in church like how beautiful they are like the amazing grace that saved the wretch like me and uh, um, I don't know other Christian songs like that you know that uh, 10,000 10, 10, reasons and I was thinking, like, many people around the world, they can't even sing these songs. And what a privilege and an honor is to sit with 200 Christians in an assembly singing to Jesus. But then millions others are dying. They, didn't, they, don't even, they can't even sing these songs. And I just was thinking, what a shame it is. So I said to God, Lord, why should I wait six years? That's too much. If I'm ready to lose my life after six years, surely I'm ready now. So I started to pray that year. And I said, Lord, if you want me to go to this place, I'll, I'll go. You know, just let me know how and when. So I had a date in my mind when I was going to go, but I had no money. And uh, after um, a while, there was one more week to go into uh, my mission. And I was praying, it was a Monday, and I prayed and I said, Lord, I still don't have the money, there is five days left, and I'm going. And if I have to walk, I'll walk there. I don't really care, because I, I went to the point in my life where I knew that God was so much more important and obeying what the Holy Spirit was saying to do than anything else. And as I was praying, it was middle of the week, and God said to me, I am going to provide you with every money, every penny you need. You will get there and you will come back and you will lack nothing. And that's when he said it to me, he said it to my wife. 
And we both looked at each other and said, wow. So the Lord, by the end of this week, He will somehow provide. I don't know even how. What I didn't know that God was doing a greater work in you. <laughs> I'm laughing because reality is, He has spent a lot of His money in this trip and He has provided for it. And Jan is not a rich guy. No, it was it was my... Um, <laughs> I've got an overdraft facility. <laughs> and Something that I don't have. Yeah. And... Um, yeah, it was very expensive um, trip. I'm still trying to dig myself out of that <laughs> hole at the moment. But um, yeah, so but you know, he, he gave me the overdraft facility. God gave me that, and so to to fund this trip. And it doesn't make sense uh, to go into debt, but obviously uh, there's a point where it, that debt will disappear, and it's temporal. Um. Okay, mm. I just want to jump in because it's quite good because we've heard from Jan like the kind of rawness of when when you feel God is asking you to do something and it doesn't matter what it is, it doesn't matter whether it seems big or small in our eyes or the world's eyes. The point is God most days will ask us, if we're willing, to do things that put us at odds with maybe the direction we were going in it, and it will create lots of feelings in us, fear, anxiety, um, lots of questions like that. So we've heard from Jan the rawness of how you how you continue to obey Jesus in the face of that. But we've also heard from Damien that, you know, hand in hand with that, that acting in faith and doing what the Holy Spirit says, it also, it starts deep down in your heart. Because, you know, I hear a lot of people asking the question, you know, I I can't, how do you hear God? God isn't speaking to me. God seems quiet. But I think we're we're asking the wrong question because God is always trying to communicate to us. You know, God is always trying to speak to us and interrupt the course of our life to bring guidance and speak direction. So the question really is, are we willing to listen and to hand over the reins of our life to Jesus? Um you know, we were talking about before this podcast and thinking, you know, we want we wanted to share some inspiring stories so that people who listen can understand practically what it looks like. But really, the most important thing to share is that if you want to obey Jesus and be a disciple, the hard work really is what you do in a secret place. Jesus, you know, Jesus talked about pray, said when you pray, Go into your room, shut the door and pray to your father in secret. And that's where the hard work is, isn't it, guys? Is actually when you're on your own in the secret place every day, are you willing to hand over the direction of your life to Jesus? And if the Holy Spirit tells you to do it, to do it. Mm. And, you know, for for us, when we when we started on this journey of mission and church planting, the, the core thing that we felt was, are we prepared to give ourselves to prayer and honouring the Holy Spirit? And, you know, I was just, I'd wake up every day thinking, what must it have been like for those first disciples to be following Jesus? For them, it wasn't a theoretical exercise. No one came to them asking about theology or what they thought about this point or anything else. They literally would wake up every day and they'd go to Jesus and say, what are we doing today, Jesus? And so I felt really challenged in my life. A bit like Damien said is, 
I want to be someone who has faith and who actually responds to the person of God the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is a person who is with us now to guide and direct our lives and the lives of the church and the mission in exactly the same way that Jesus was physically present with his disciples. So I've learned a lot about that and I'm still learning. Mm. Jan, did you want to say something? Yeah, just as a sort of preamble to ask you about your um, uh, mission trip that you went on several years ago, um, again, an overseas thing. Um, but And I'll just to add into before uh, we ask that question is that whenever the Holy Spirit... Um, asked me, you know, in my early days as a, as a baby Christian, um, I'd have a tap on the shoulder, I'd felt a sense, a prompting to do something. And I had a choice, either ignore it or do it. Mm. And sometimes I would do it and sometimes I wouldn't. And I'd go through like maybe a few weeks where I'd just like go, no, that's not what, he, I don't think he's asking me to do that. It's like mad thing to do. It's crazy. It can't be from God. And, but the more I would move, I would, uh, ignore it the next thing that the holy spirit would ask would, would be something even more difficult and so and, and something more illogical um and sometimes and i would i would um honor god and do those things that were even difficult but i knew the, so the first time he says ask you to do something just do it because he may ask you to do something again and it, it's always it takes even more faith so as soon as you're you're asked, just get on with it. Um, or he he he. If you just keep ignoring him, he will go and tap on somebody else's shoulder and ask them to do it, and then they get the blessing, they get the anointing, they get the um, a bigger sense of God's presence in their life, and uh, where they they're able to hear God more because they are being obedient to the word, and and so you know with that. Um, with God tapping on your shoulder, Ben, um, you know, c- c- being born into a Christian family um, and coming through certain sort of difficulties uh, and growing up sort of struggles, um, you've finally came through, didn't you? And thought, yes, I'm, I'm going to step out and be obedient and give my all, surrender all. Um, and, and so, yeah, you had to tap on your shoulder to go overseas. Yeah, could you... Talk a bit about yeah. that and how that how that sense of hearing God. Yeah. Um, so I think what Damien said is is right. We're all unique. God's made us all different. And, um, you know, I don't communicate. I have four children. I don't communicate to all four children all in the same way all the time because they're different people. Um, and I think God speaks to us in different ways. And my experience has been God uses lots of different things. But sometimes he he really does interrupt your life in quite drastic ways. So for me, it all kind of began to start. I felt God was, was leading me to quit my job, to give myself to prayer. So that was like the first domino. And, um, you know, I had no peace in my life until I'd gone into to my workplace and handed in my notice. And then I sort of went into a season of given myself literally to prayer, praying like all day. And um, I learned lots about how to follow the Holy Spirit and how to respond to like his nudgings and his leadings. And like Jan, often I'd be driving somewhere um, and 
anybody who knows me, I'm someone who likes to get from A to B as fast as I can. And, um, you know, I'd be driving somewhere and a thought would come into my head about pull over and talk to the person in that caravan, in that lay-by. And, you know, very sadly, a lot of the time I just ignored that because I thought, no, i am got to get somewhere. So God had to do a lot of work in me, to be honest, um, to, to help me to be willing to let go of my plan and what I felt I should be doing to actually respond to God. So one of the things that he did in my life around that time, he began to give me this burden and this heavy feeling of compassion or it's hard to explain it really for a certain type of people from a certain country and um over the course of maybe six months it got to the point where if i saw anything about that country or if i saw an image of people from that country if i thought about people from that country i would become incredibly emotional and start crying um, and it got to the point where it was a real interruption in my life because it would affect conversations I'd be having with people. Um, and through praying it, I began to think, what, you know, why, why is this happening to me, God? And through having conversations with God and trying to listen and think it through, um, going out for walks in the countryside, you know, I, I came to the conclusion that maybe God was wanting me to go to this country. So, you know, I spent time praying and thinking and a bit like Damien, I felt like he was showing me a specific city to go to in that country and when to go. And to to cut a very long story short, God provided for, for me to get my airfare. And I went to this country that is very hostile to the gospel. I said goodbye to my wife, knowing that I may not return. And uh, I went there because the Holy Spirit was telling me to do it, and I had to do it. And I ended up for just under two weeks, I met a complete stranger through an amazing set of circumstances. And I ended up for just under two weeks being taken from one underground house church to another one, sometimes three a day, and being asked to teach the Bible. I had a translator. Often I'd be in the back of a car not even knowing where we were going, and I'd stand up and God would literally give me the words to say. Now, before I'd left for China, I'd gone to to um, one of the leaders in my church, and I said to him, I believe God is sending me to that place to encourage my family, my Jesus family. And uh, he said, but you don't know anybody there. And this is the point of faith. Faith enables you to do things that are impossible because it's impossible for any of us to do the things that God calls us to do. But faith is the substance of things that we hope for. Mm. So through our obedience to the Holy Spirit, we can go to places, we can do things with people that are impossible. Mm. So I came home from that trip and I was on the flight trying to make sense of what had just happened. And the only thing that I could think was, where do I go? For, where do I go from here now? I'm coming back to the UK, and I've learnt a massive lesson that amazing things happen when you do what the Holy Spirit says. And I thought, what, what am I going to do now? And that then led to basically how we began to do 
the church planting work of Mission Somerset um, here where we live. So it's a it's a domino effect. Um, you know, like Ian mentioned, if you're faithful with one thing, God entrusts more. Mm. So often we look at people doing all these great things that we think are massive and important. And actually, it doesn't matter how big we think things are. It's about what's going on in our heart, in the secret place. And are we willing to hand over the reins of our life to Jesus every day? With our family, at home, every little decision. Um, So, you know, when we're thinking and encouraging maybe new disciples or people that are are really thinking how can i how can i follow jesus anymore or grow really the question is well are you willing to because if you are willing god will communicate to you mm. might be a small like sometimes in the bible god communicated to people very quietly mm. sometimes it was very loud but he'll, he'll interrupt your life however he needs to, to get his message across to you. And the question really is, are you willing to, are you willing to obey him? And, you know, that's why we're doing Mission Somerset. That's why for us, church looks very different to maybe what um, other people think church is like. Because the foundation of what we're trying to do together is to help people hear and obey Jesus. Not to follow some traditions or to do what we've always done or to do this or to do that. It's actually to support each other to grow in hearing and obeying Jesus. So, you know, even the three of us, don't we? Every time we meet together, we're we're asking each other lovingly, what's God been saying to you and how's that been going? Mm. Because we want to we want to help each other to obey Jesus. Um so those are some sort of bigger stories. How, how in our relationship in the mission here in Somerset, guys, how, how has the Holy Spirit led us in some practical ways that we could maybe share with people? Um, well, I think with, there was, the, um, I think we, oh yeah, we were, we were in a, a town locally here and uh, in a cafe and uh, we, we did, the, you know, did some Bible and prayed and we went, got, walked out of this cafe and we started going up the hill and and then sort of like 200 yards or so, Ben said, I think the Holy Spirit asked us to go down the hill, down into town, into the, into the town centre. And, and there we, we met somebody who um, said, yeah, there's, um, do you know, there's a mosque that's opened up in, in uh, just around the corner. And we said, oh, that's interesting. All right, well, let's go along and just check it out. Um, and uh, so we, um, yeah, we went there and um, there, there was a main door and, and there were two doors. And the main door was closed, but there was another door that seemed open. And we went in to see if there was anybody in there. And there was nobody there. And we, we went into the main uh, mosque prayer room. And it was it's, it's a, a, an adapted building. It wasn't proper a proper sort of mosque. Um, might have been a school in the past or whatever. And 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 we just um, and Damien knows something about uh, prayer mats and the sort of formality of you know uh, praying. And he was showing us this. And I decided to um, uh, anoint the the building and to um, 
It, so I, I, I always carry some water with me, some less water, and some uh, oil to anoint the place, to, um, you know, it's a holy place. Um, but obviously there is, you know, there is an issue because, um, uh, you know, and, and you're sort of coming against a certain something uh, in a spiritual sense in, in, in a mosque, as, as you know, coming uh, from the direction of being a Christian. And... Um, but it's a, this is a holy place. So I, 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 I sprinkled it with water and prayed and the, the doors and the windows, the frames, the, the thresholds with the oil. Just, and, um, and anyway, it was like, OK, it was the, we've, we've while me and Damien were telling you to hurry up because we were scared someone was going to come and see you doing yeah. it. So it was, and then we were, we, we, we sort of went into the corridor and I was putting my shoes on and something happened that really confirmed that I did the right thing. And I suddenly started feeling huge sense of low self-worth, like I was being attacked. And and it was like this, like a demonic attack in the spirit. I was being attacked. I was being pummeled. And I thought, what? What's going on here? And I realised there was the blowback from what I did. So, you know, this is a holy, truly of God, uh, of God's righteousness, this building. And I anointed it. Why am I getting a, this a demonic attack? And so this confirmed my spirit that we did the right thing. And as soon as we, we went out, closed the doors and everything, and we were just out in the car park, a guy appeared who was the main like caretaker, this, this Muslim guy. And we said, oh, yeah, we, we're checking this. You know, we just came to have a look, see if there's anything happening. And, and we said, yeah, the door was open. And he, he thought we wanted to worship there. That's yeah. what his thoughts. Yeah, but he sort of like... Um, got very uh, panicky because his, he he was the sort of um, caretaker of this building and the doors were open huh. and he just sort of went around the building super fast I mean it was super fast and he locked it up and he was back in the car park in seconds and uh, you know we knew we'd, we'd sort of crossed a threshold in some sense in, in a spiritual sense in, and uh, but uh, yeah, yeah. I went and I spoke to him, and uh, after I said to him "Salamu alaykum," and because I look like a Muslim, yeah, he thought we wanted to worship, so he gave us the actual codes uh, to yeah. get them in there for <laughs> the next time. So, yeah. so, so, zooming out, that morning we'd actually been praying and discussing about does God want to open doors for us as a team into the Muslim world? So that's why, you know, my my gift to the team that morning wasn't anything clever it was basically to be able to say i think we're going the wrong way up this hill guys and we need to turn around and and just that simple act wasn't it mm. and and that is what we're talking about it's something so simple we try and make it so complicated it's literally and you know this is what we want and want to encourage you now as we're, we're coming to the end of this podcast are you prepared if you're going one way up a hill and the holy spirit taps you on the shoulder are you prepared to turn around and go a different way? Mm. It's really that simple. And everything everything else comes out of that. Mm. Um, Do you want to just um, pray to the pe- people listening about that uh, calling um, and developing that sensitivity? And, uh, yeah, just to sort of encompass what it is to um, uh, having that desire and, yeah. and, and the need to see uh, God's, um, sp- you know, uh, present and is, is speaking to us. Could you just try and uh, yeah, sum up in, to in a that. prayer? Um, Damien, did you have anything to add just before I prayed? Yes. 
funny thing. Um, as we speak right now, I feel like the Holy Spirit is saying that someone is listening. Mm. And I think God has made you, has given you a call on your life. And I think you're really, really scared. Um, but I think this is for you. I think the Lord says, do not fear. I think this is the very reason we made it. And mm. as you heard these words, I want you to trust that that is the voice of God that is calling you. Do not be afraid to take it on. So whoever you are, wherever you are, trust that the Lord has called you. Mm. Amen. So before I talk to Jesus, we're going to have a bit of time of silence. So God can speak to you. So, Father, we thank you that you lovingly interrupt our lives. And we want to ask that you'll do it more because we want to be your followers. We want to follow the living God. We want to be responsive to the Holy Spirit every second of the day. And I pray for people who feel a bit like Jonah, who God has called. And they've gone in the opposite direction. Mm. And it actually, you might be doing some really, really good things, but it's actually not what God's called you to do. And, uh, you know, God took Jonah on the boat and there was all sorts of problems. Jonah had to realise that the problems were his own making. God, in his mercy, it says he arranged a fish to swallow Jonah. And in that fish was where Jonah came to his senses and repented. And then it says God called to Jonah a second time and I pray for those people that God is calling again now for the second time help us to come to our senses help us to obey you Jesus help us not to ignore what it is that you're asking us to do whether it's because we're fearful or we think we can't do it or we don't know how to do it help us to do what the Holy Spirit is asking us to do Amen so we hope you've um, enjoyed this uh, Mission Somerset podcast as ever we'd love to hear your stories um, we'd love to get your feedback thank you for people that have contacted us and you can find out more about the work we're doing at missionsomerset.co.uk or find us on Facebook and Instagram